0: Hello, Monetization Nation. Mark Melson is the president and CEO of the Gladney Center for Adoption and an adoptive father. In December 2020, the Adoption.com venture I created decades ago was purchased by the Gladney Center for Adoption. I feel very blessed that an amazing organization like Gladney purchased Adoption.com and that I'm able to continue to run Adoption.com for Gladney. Gladney was created more than 133 years ago. I believe today, Gladney is the premier adoption organization in America. They have helped complete more than 32,000 adoptions and have made a tremendous difference for good in the world for children, adoptive families, and birth parents. In this episode, we're going to explore how to create and maintain a culture of kindness within our organizations. We're also going to discuss positioning of our organizations as quality service providers and not trying to compete on price and we'll talk about strategies that have helped Gladney to survive for more than 133 years. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Mark Melson is the president and CEO of the Gladney Center for Adoption. Uh, I work for Mark in my, my day job, and uh, he uh, led the purchase of Adoption.com, which was one of my ventures, and I am working for Mark. I am managing Adoption.com under Mark's direction as we transition Adoption.com to Gladney and uh, Gladney is a very impressive organization. Gladney is the, I believe, the premier adoption organization in America. Um, they've done more than 32,000 adoptions, or helped complete more than 32,000 adoptions, um, and have just done a tremendous difference for good in the world. Uh, Gladney started more than 133 years ago, and, and is just a the cornerstone of, of the adoption community. Um, Mark, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? and?
1: H- happy to. i uh born and raised in Texas where uh, Gladney's home office is in Fort Worth, Texas and so historically we're from here. I uh, have a wife and three beautiful children. Um, my youngest uh, son is adopted. We adopted out of the foster system about six years ago. We just had a scotch a day few days ago. And uh, so it's been a blessing for me to be involved, not only in, in, as leadership with Gladney, but also uh, being a, a client as well, if you will, and learning the ins and outs of adoption and really being able to put myself into the position of so many of our adoptive parents who, who go through this process. Um, I uh, went to school here in Texas. I have a master's degree for the University of North Texas. And early on in my career, I worked in the financial industry for a number of years and uh, later went into the healthcare side. I had a sales background, so I went into healthcare and worked for the uh, foundation of a local hospital here for a number of years before working on several campaigns and then finding my way to Gladney. Uh, Now, a little over 12 years ago, I I joined Gladney as the Chief Development Officer to help really uh, work on the fundraising side of what we do as a nonprofit organization that's a critical piece to, to our success to provide the services that we do to all of our families and clients. And uh, over time, just uh, I, I got more involved in the operational side and uh, realized that I could play a larger role there. And ultimately, had the opportunity to lead the organization. It's been uh, it's been the, the privilege of a lifetime to get to 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 work with such a great group of people like yourself um, and how we try to advance the mission of adoption, but and, and also advance the mission of child welfare and how can we better care for children that are uh, coming from hard places in this country and around the world. So we have a uh, a a a daunting task ahead of us but one that we are certainly uh, capable of 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 driving this mission towards and uh, we're blessed to have so many wonderful people in the community that support what it is that we do and want to see us help make a real uh, change in, in the lives of children so it's an honor to get to do this
0: and it's an honor to work for gladney too i i've learned so much uh working from you i remember uh, one of the very first times I went out to Gladney as a Gladney employee was for a board of directors meeting and we were presenting to the board and there was a, a Google presentation that, that we had worked on together and it had your presentation on it and my presentation on it. And I was working late at night trying to get it finished up and ready to go. And I had some, uh, I had some other people that were helping me do it, um, such as some India developers and some India team members. And somehow the document was completely deleted. And we noticed this at about 1.30 in the morning that we, we lost it in an unrecoverable form. Those fancy features that Google has where you're supposed to be able to recover it did not work. And so we frantically tried to uh, recreate the presentation and and worked up until the the time of the meeting the next morning and and uh, through all of that mark and and his team were never anything but amazingly kind to me. They never gave me a hard time. I felt so horrible <laughs> what I had done and I think we pulled it off, and I think it it turned out okay yeah. um, but that could have been a very stressful situation and and Mark has a leadership style of kindness, where you feel very comfortable. Um, you don't have to be afraid of failure. You, he inspires you to do your best because he, you trust that your best is okay. And he will be kind and treat you right, even if you fall. And then because of that, you have a, an amazing sense of loyalty to him where you really want to do your best. So...
1: Well, that's very kind, Nathan, for saying that. Yeah, I've uh, I've uh, made enough mistakes in my life, and I've been so grateful for those people that didn't just drag me th- across the coals when uh, when I've made mistakes. And and uh, w- the nice thing about an organization like ours, and honestly, in, in the nonprofit industry in general, people don't come into this world to, to become rich. They they come here because they want to do good. And so deep down, I believe all of our, our wonderful team at Gladney, but it, honestly across this, this, this great nation, um, people want to do good. And so they're giving their very best effort to do good. I've learned so much about that. And what I've learned is um, through kindness and through generosity and through caring, you can overcome so much. Uh, in this world. And so I, I realized early on in my business career that you don't have to come down with just an iron fist. And I'd call it be a persecutor. In so many cases, so many people, when they react to on an emotional standpoint, they're reacting to their own anxiety. And it's not a, it's not a reaction maybe to the problem, but it's, to, it's how the problem makes them feel. And many people have a choice to how they want to react. So many people become a persecutor. Why did you do wrong? What's wrong with you? You messed up versus coming back as maybe more of a challenger. Okay, how do we learn from this mistake and how do we improve upon these challenges that we have and let's make sure we've learned from this and we can improve and do better next time. Same outcome there. Person walks away going, ah, you know, I messed up, but, they feel good about learning from that and going forward versus, you know, hunkering down like a, a poor poor dog or something that's been smacked. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's such a, a better approach, in my opinion, to take that mindset of how we can improve and learn from when things don't go right and get better.
0: Yeah. Thank you for mentoring in that area. I feel like I have so much to learn, so much to improve on in, in that. I want to talk a little bit about, About this strategy that Gladney chose of being a quality provider instead of competing on price?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's interesting, there's several. facets to this, as we began to look at this area, and you're right, in the nonprofit world, especially in an organization like ours that provides a lot of services for free, and we raise money for, and then we have to charge for certain things. You have that balance of what is the right price. And especially in the world of adoption, um, especially when you're working with a, an adopted couple that maybe is experiencing infertility, there's sort of this, well, why can I just have a baby? And why does it, it, cost me, it cost me all this money? And somebody right down the road didn't cost them anything. Um, and so that's where we struggle a little bit. If it were a car and everybody's got to buy a car, you're not going to make your own. And so for the most part, um, everybody understands that Adoption's different. What we started with was um, we, we took a very clear vision of who our clients are. Obviously, we have an adopted parent. If it's a domestic program, we have an expectant mother or birth parents that are involved, and then ultimately the child. And we took a step back and said, who's the most important piece of this equation? And the reality is it's the child. If we're making decisions based upon what's in the best interest of the child, then everything else falls in place. So that starts with finding the right adoptive couple to match to an expectant mother who wants to make an adoptive plan. If we've done that piece to it and spent the time to do that and spent the time to train and educate and prepare them for a child that's coming into their home that's not from their genetics or DNA, we need to make sure that they're the best parents they can possibly be. There's a cost associated with that that, that that has to come from that to make sure that they're the best parents. Then you look at the expectant mother in our situation. We have learned the better we can prepare her for life beyond gladdening, beyond the adoption, she's always gonna grieve the loss of her child. She's always gonna have that child on her mind. But if we can help her prepare for her next steps, what we've learned down the road, it's a much healthier relationship. There's a cost associated with that. And then ultimately, as you said, you mentioned from a post-adoption standpoint, those lifetime services for the child ultimately. Um, we've had Gladney babies come back to us in their 80s, wanting to know our information about biological siblings that may be out there. and We're there to help and facilitate that. Those are all services that are in the best interest of that child as we come together. So we started there and said, what are the services that need to be in place to make this the best outcome for all involved? Counseling for birth parents, support for adoptive parents and training education, support for the child as we go forward. Once we did that, we then kind of had a number of what it's going to cost to, to do this. Second part is what we took a step back and we listened for a minute and we Talk to our adoptive parents, we talked to all those involved, we realized we had the right services in place, and that's evolving. We're improving every day in that front, but we listened to our adoptive parents, and what we found out is in so many other organizations, and this could be applied in any industry, um, everybody sort of follows kind of the same formula. And in our industry, it's that, well, you have a price for what you're gonna charge for the adoption and the basic legal fees. And then, and then in, in many cases, they charge extra fees and, and, and costs to cover the birth mother expenses and what she may need. And then you have these other fees for post adoptions and then you have these other legal side and then you have these other fees, all this stuff. So when you see the sticker price, you go, okay, well, that's pretty reasonable. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of other costs that get added on. We decided to do away with that. We said, look, we'll lay it all out. We were honest with our families. Here's what everything costs us to do. And this is what we're going to need to charge you. One charge, one set fee for the services that we provide. We got such great feedback from our families that said, thank you. There's no surprises. There's no guesswork. We know what, this, what what's going to happen. We know how the process is going to go. They were so grateful to have that honest, open answer and feedback. And honestly, we listened to them to say, what do you want? And they told us.
0: So that transparency, that single price has helped to establish your credibility because you weren't in a nickel and dime relationship with your customers.
1: Absolutely right. And you mentioned it earlier, Nathan, one of the things that's interesting about, in many cases, our expectant mother that comes to us wants to make an adoption plan, and sometimes her plans change. And we may be in a relationship with her for two or three months, and we've covered medical Bills and other support areas, and she decides she's got the resources now. She can parent the child, and if that's in the best interest of her child, that's fantastic. We're going to support that. We're going to support that if need be. Um, but in many cases, there's a lot of costs that we've absorbed for that. We don't pass that on to the family. We realize in some cases the birth mother is going to go through just like we expect her to, and it's going to work out great. In some cases, it's not. We've sort of figured out the math to make that work. Our families are so grateful for that because they know even if their are expected mode, they're working with changes or mine, it's not gonna change their fee structure. They don't have to deal with that burden as well. It's a hard enough uh, situation sometimes when, when, when plans change midstream, we don't wanna burden them with a cost thing to that as well. How, what a tough conversation that would be.
0: I love it. So 133 years, that, that's amazing. Uh, during COVID and, and some of the economic hard times we've we've had recently, a huge percentage of the adoption agencies have been forced to go out of business. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, what do you think the secret of longevity is for Gladney that uh, you've been able to last for so many years?
1: Well, I, I'll say it's a, it's a couple of things. One is our diversity. Um, um, Gladney early on began to diversifying sort of the, the, the service streams that we had. Um, traditionally, we were a, what we call it in our business, a domestic infant program. We work with an expectant mom wants to make a, an adoption plan and adopt a couple that wants to adopt that child, and we made all the magic work there. Um, back in the early 1990s, we started to look at international adoptions, and so we began looking at other countries and how could we do adoptions from there, and we also soon after that started looking at placing children out of foster care, and we realized this huge need in our country to place kiddos out of foster care that are legally available for adoption, and we we realized, wow, we can make an impact there as well. By doing that, anytime we would see ups and downs, and, and we see it in the world today with the international, with a pandemic going on, you can't travel, you see ups and downs. So if you're an agency that just focused on international adoptions, you've got a lot of struggles right now. Going back a few years, if you were of age that just focused on on domestic infant programs, you've got some struggles. That diversification sort of helped us ride through some of these waves, um, which has been we've been very grateful for. Another thing has been honestly the 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 our Gladys reputation and our connection to so many families in 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 in, around the country, and the generosity of our families. Um, We've been able to um, leverage the support and care that we give to families, to expectant moms, to children, um, into relationships with potential funders and donors that said, we believe in what you do, Gladney, we wanna help you further. So when we hit upon those hard times, we were blessed to have a little bit of a savings account so we could ride through some of those things. As you touched on earlier, a lot of organizations sort of hit a wave on the way up, kind of like the oil industry we see here in Texas in the 80s was a big one. People were making money hand over fist and they weren't really putting much of it away. And when the boom, when the, when the bottom fell out, they were left with nothing. We, we were, many organizations were in that same position. We were blessed because the leadership now 25, 30 years ago said we need to stabilize our operations, stabilize our organization. We need to have a little money put away for a rainy day. So when we hit these hard times, we know we can overcome it. That has helped us immensely. The other thing that's been great, we've been grateful for is a crystal clear vision of where we're going. When everybody's rowing in the same direction, and we all know what our motivation is, and how are we going to help these children, every child deserves a loving, caring family, and how can we row towards that? It's very simple for everybody to get involved in that one cause and move the organization forward. When you get scattered, and you chase shiny objects. And we've done that in the past a lot. Um, When you start chasing different things, all of a sudden you get a little fragmented. And then that's when sometimes there's some inefficiency, some ineffectiveness, and that can hurt you, especially in a time like this, when all of a sudden there's such craziness in our world and we don't know what's going to happen next. That clarity of focus and vision has helped guide us through some of these challenging waters. Going
0: back to the... The quality question there yep. is a one more point i wanted to make on that so what are some of the greatest benefits that Gladney has received because it focuses because it competes on quality and not on price
1: okay um first of all we have the price is an initial reaction to something um, what what I think we've done a good job of saying, let me help you understand what that price is doing and how you're helping not only your own family, but going beyond that, helping those around you that are less fortunate. People that come to Gladding not only want to adopt, but they believe in our mission of how we're going to help kiddos um, find that right forever family. So we've been able to leverage that to where it's not just about price. It's about the social, if you will, the social marketing side of what we do. It goes beyond just, buying a product or a transaction of adoption. It's your passing, um, your generosity through the fee that you pay and and continued support to Gladney is helping so many generations beyond your own generations, which has just been, been tremendous. The other piece, though, as we talk about quality specifically is, again, we listen to our clients. We listen to what their needs are. I'll be honest. Gladney has had a history of being around as long as we have in many cases, you can have a tendency to say, "Well, we know what we're doing; just do what we tell you to do." And it's like a like a the Titanic. Sometimes it's hard for us to shift. What we've realized is, as the world of change has changed, we need to change. And we also realize it's called a knower learner concept. We were a knower; now we're a learner. We're learning from those around us. Yes, we're very good at what we do. We think we're, if not the best, we're one of the best. And, and there's so many great organizations out there, but we try to do the very best we can for all those that are involved with Gladney. But we know we've got a lot to learn. So by taking that approach, not just this is how we're gonna do it, but taking that approach of help me understand how we can be better, that quality service has continued to grow. It wasn't growing. It wasn't just a policy. We printed out one day seven years ago and stuck it on a shelf and said, that's it. We live and work it and try to improve upon it. I'll tell you a story. We. Um About six, seven years ago, we initiated a relationship with Disney, Disney World, uh, the Disney Institute specifically. And at that time, they would do private programs for different organizations to come in and really learn about their quality service. They wrote a uh, Walt Disney wrote a wonderful book called Be Our Guest that talks about his approach to quality service. Um, And if you've ever been to a Disney, the location, Disney World or Disneyland, or obviously seeing their films or anything else Disney related. Um, there's so many wonderful things they do from a quality service. You feel so special there. We wanted to bring that same mentality back home to Gladney. And how do we continue to grow the quality service that we provide? We want everybody that walks away from Gladney when they walk out our door going, wow, that was a great experience, regardless of how they came to us. A child coming from an orphanage or from foster care, we want them to walk out and go, that was great. An expectant mother coming to us at a really tough time in her life, we want her to walk out and go, that was the best decision I could have made and feel better. Adoptive parents, the same way.
0: All right, let's talk about credibility for a bit. Gladney has an amazing reputation in the space, so much so that so many people are referred to Gladney And they just know they're going to work with Gladney. Gladney is adoption and they they know that it's going to get done and get done right. Can you talk a little bit about how Gladney gained that credibility and, and what Gladney does to maintain that credibility?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, we are blessed. We have wonderful people that come to us that want to adopt, and we are, we are so grateful that they choose Gladney. And uh, I think one of the reasons that that so many people do is because of our ability to to handle their specific um, their specific situation. Um, as is, it's the first time we've seen it. We treat everybody uh, with that same level of compassion, no matter what their story is, no matter how high profile they are or not. It doesn't. Everybody receives that same level of service. But one of the things that we have done is we've created a network. What we tried to do early on is take sort of this stigma or this privacy or allure of adoption kind of away. Not that we don't keep all of, the, uh, of, our, of our clients in, in confidence. We certainly do. But what we've learned is that families want to tell their story. They want to tell about their adoption journey. They want to tell what they went through. and We encourage that to the point we actually will match families that are new in the process with families who have already gone through and adopted their child and we connect them together and they share those stories as that word gets out. Um, as that continues to grow, our name gets circulated a whole lot more. When you find out somebody else's story and why they chose Gladney or who they chose, that is convincing enough. They're telling our story. So that when somebody approaches them and says, hey, I heard you adopted, they're wearing a Gladney shirt or an adoption.com shirt or whatever, They'll they'll say, tell me about that. Why did you use Gladney? They have the answers to that question and they're willing to share. They're wanting to validate their reason why they chose Gladney as well. If more people come to them and choose Gladney, that further validates, well, I made the right decision. Look at all these other people that have done this as well. We've used that community to tell our story for us so that we don't always have to do that.
0: I love that using testimonials using other credible sources. Instead of you trying to tell the world how awesome you are, you're letting your, your customers who are much more credible do that yeah. talking
1: for you. And, and it's the good and the bad. Again, it's not just this pre-prompted beautiful message and everything was perfect and roses and we're so great. There's ups and downs. What I have learned is that honesty, it, whether it's an expectant mother telling her story in a testimonial, that's got some edges to it. It's not always a pretty picture. If it's a child that was suffering in foster care or an orphanage, it's got edges to it. If it's an adoptive parent who struggled with infertility or just the ups and downs of the emotion, there are edges and, and, and challenges to that. But by sharing that, you take sort of this euphoric thing out of it and you realize this is a real thing that these people went through and they made it and they're successful and we can too, whatever part of the adoption triad that you're coming from.
0: Love it. Okay. You, you talked about families who come in being able to get support. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done a, one of the concepts I talk about in the book is, is this tribe concept. Instead of looking at, at customers as transactions, um, you, you try to build a community of these passionate people. Um, that, that's a tribe. Can you tell me a little bit about how Gladney built their tribe of adoptive families, I guess?
1: We adapted early on and it's interesting in the adoption world. And again, a straight counter from a Disney business model or, or so many wonderful companies out there that have done such a great job with that. We realized it is so much more economical for us to get repeat customers, and I'll explain what I mean in the adoption world from that, versus trying to bring in all these new people um, or spending money on trying to attract new people necessarily. So a repeat customer for Gladys is not necessarily somebody that comes back to adopt a bunch of times, we do have that happen on occasion, and we want that to certainly happen. But kind of what I went back to before, a repeat customer for us is somebody that walks out of Glady going, wow, that's what I, the experience that I was hoping for, and that was it. And they're telling that to other people. They are doing the marketing for us. So that starts to build as you talk about this tribe of people that are going, okay, well, if you're going to adopt... Apparently, Gladney's the place to go. So we're going to go there. And they're telling our story for us in so many different ways um, um, that, that allows us to build this network, this community of people that come back. But that's when, when I call a repeat customer. It may not necessarily be a repeat customer, but it's somebody that goes, hey, my brother, my cousin, a guy at work used you. We would like to talk to you about adopting from Gladney. That's that repeat customer feel that we've got because we've used that credibility. We've used that tribe of people out there that are sharing their story about Gladney, sharing their story about adoption, and and letting that the information out there. Um, that's allowed those people to come to us.
0: I love it. Okay. Are, before we go, are there any any stories that you would feel comfortable sharing? Um, stories that connected you to adoption or that illustrate these types of principles we're talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Well, there's a lot because honestly, it almost happens every single day. I love getting a phone call from somebody I haven't heard from in the past that the second they, that they're calling because somebody's that they know that's on a board and their kid wants to adopt and I don't know anything about them, but you know, would you talk to them? And they come back to their own story, and they go, I remember that day when you placed a child into my arms, everything was perfect. Now, we know not every story ends perfect. Some kiddos have a real rough time, and not everything turns out the way we think in in the beginning, but at that moment, it was perfect. And they want to share that same story opportunity with so many others. We've had, um, we've seen so many challenging, difficult things. I'll share one one story from from the foster side. We had a wonderful family um, that adopted two beautiful boys out of the foster care foster care system here in Texas that just sadly had a life they should not have had. Um, They were living in just a real, real tough situation. And the older child was having to take care of the younger one. They lived on the streets most of the time. Unfortunately, their biological mother was not in a good place to be a good parent and, and didn't make healthy choices with herself and with her kids and a family came forward and we were blessed because of, and many people have heard of Wednesday's child. There was a spotlight on these two kiddos. And we had one of our families come forward that just felt called to to try to help these two kids. What we learned from that situation is a lot of training and education goes into preparing those parents to care for those, those boys that have come from a hard place, places we just simply can't understand. But what we saw is because of that love and because of that safety that they provided, that they were not going to leave them and they were going to care for them. And the older child, who was about 12 at the time, taking care of his little brother, who was about nine at the time, could go back to being a 12 year old and being a kid and let mom and dad do their job. We saw such an emergence, such an emerging of of this incredible passion, and these kids just blossom. We see that day in and day out, which is just so fantastic. It's those stories that we choose to, not only choose to tell, that tell themselves. They're every every story has a special time like that. Once people start to hear those stories and they realize, wow, it goes so much further beyond just adoption, just the transaction of adoption. That's where we've seen such a huge change in what we do as an organization and the philosophy we've built as an organization to be able to share that Opportunity, I'll call it, to our to those that come to us that want to adopt or place their child, that opportunity to make a huge difference that goes way beyond just that moment of adoption. We're so blessed to get to do that.
0: I love that. So to to restate, make sure I understand here: what you're saying is that because you focus on storytelling, um, you're able to transcend a transaction, and and. Help your organization get to a spot of service where the focus is in the transaction, the focus is service, and the story is the vehicle to get there. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise. This will help a lot of people. Uh, If people have enjoyed what you said and they want to learn more about the Gladys Center for Adoption, how can they? How can they learn more?
1: Well, go to uh, well. You got many places you can go to now. So uh, you can go to uh, gladney.org, you can go to adoption.com or adoption.org. You can certainly call one eight hundred Gladney, and uh, and all those avenues will lead you right back to uh, right back to where we are and share a little bit about what our passions are and what our mission is for adoption.
0: Thank you, Mark, for sharing your stories and secrets with us today. Here are some of the key takeaways that stood out to me from today's episode. Number one, we should strive to implement cultures of kindness within our organizations. Kindness can build stronger loyalty and motivate people to do their best. Number two, when things go wrong, it is often human nature to become a persecutor, saying saying things like, why did you, or you messed up. Number three, instead of being a persecutor, we should be a challenger, saying things like, what can we learn from this mistake? Number four, we should strive to be quality service providers, instead of trying to compete on price. Number five, flat fee monetization models can remove a nickel and dime relationship with clients and help establish a stronger relationship of trust. Number six, one of the secrets to organizational longevity is to have diversified revenue streams so we can weather the storms when one revenue stream is not doing well. Number seven, credibility makes everything easier. For example, when we are credible, we can get more referrals. The referrals will be more likely to choose us, and we will often be able to charge more. Number eight, instead of trying to tell the world how awesome we are, we should let past customers do that. Number nine, nonprofits and other charity causes need monetization, so they have the resources to expand their good works. If we desire monetization we have never before achieved, we must leverage strategies we have never before implemented. I challenge each of us to pick one thing that has resonated with us from today's episode and schedule a time this week to implement it to help achieve our monetization goals. Did you like this episode? If so, please visit monetizationnation.com and join our email list for free to receive more great Monetization Nation content in your inbox. When have you seen kindness work well in a business setting? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you
1: liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.